You guys, we're, fin- we're, we're working on our series tonight called uh, the I Am series. And tonight, uh, I want to talk to you about darkness. Um, so, if you notice, there's something about darkness. I mean, it's not completely black dark in here, right? But if I were to do this. Right? If I were to turn this light on, it lights up our room here. Okay? Here's the thing about darkness that I want you guys to understand. If you guys have done any uh, kind of science classes or anything that they've talked about, light and light refraction and darkness, is this idea that <clears throat> the darkness excuse me, is, is not actually a thing unto itself. Right? It's a word that we use to describe something else. It's a word that we used to describe the absence of light. Uh, it's similar to zero, right? Zero is not actually a thing. It's a description that we use to describe the absence of anything. When you have zero of something, you don't actually have anything. It's not a thing unto itself. Or, or cold. Cold is simply how we describe the absence of heat. But it's not a thing unto itself. Right, Darkness can't actually overcome light. You're never going to have enough darkness that if there's light, darkness will overtake light. Right, Light will always shine through darkness. Where there's light, darkness ceases. It can't exist. Wherever this flashlight points, darkness moves out of the way. Right, Darkness flees. You cannot have enough darkness to overcome light. It doesn't happen. It's not possible. No one walks into a room and says, you know what? It's too bright in here. Can somebody turn on some darkness? Nobody says that. Nobody says, hey, you know what? It's too bright in here. Can, can we get some darkness over here? Right? But when you walk into darkness, when you walk into darkness, when you walk into a dark room, or it's too dark for you to see, you might say, hey, can we get some light on in here? Can we fix this situation? Instead, right? They would ask for light to be turned on. We can go ahead and bring the lights back up. And if you were one of my TV people, go ahead and turn those back on for me. Ooh, I'm glowing. Now, Jesus is actually going to be talking about light as we look at our, our messages or our message for tonight. Jesus is going to be talking about light and darkness in our passage. And in John 7, 40 through 52... We're not going to actually read that portion, but in John chapter 7, Jesus is actually being questioned by the Jewish leaders of the day. And the Jewish leaders are asking Jesus some very pointed questions about his identity and his authority. Because Jesus is doing something that they've never experienced before. Jesus is speaking as someone who has authority. There's many rabbis at Jesus' time, so I want you guys to understand that Jesus being a rabbi or a Jewish teacher is not something that made him significant. It's not something that made him stand out. There were many rabbis in Jesus's day. But Jesus spoke differently than the other rabbis. Jesus, when he was speaking, he would speak with authority. He would actually bring up new teaching, which was interesting because a rabbi typically, when they would learn from the rabbi before them, all they would do was spout off the exact same stuff that that other rabbi had passed on to them. It's what we call oral tradition. 
And Jesus, though, was teaching as one who has authority. And so in order to, to help them understand, he's going to answer their question about his authority, why, who he is and why he has the ability to teach in such a way. He's going to use a picture of light. He's going to describe himself as light. And traditionally, to these Jewish leaders, they would have understood light in the Old Testament, the, the scriptures that they had at the time. They would have understood that to describe God's righteousness. God being full of right. There's no wrong in him. Or God being holy. This idea that God is set apart. He's so far distant from our sinfulness. He's not like us. We are like him in some respects, but he's not like us. Sin has separated us from God. God is holy. He's other. He's set apart. And this, this word light would often be used as a word picture in the Old Testament to describe God's righteousness, God's holiness. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to John chapter 8, <clears throat> which is where Jesus is going to kind of pick up, pick up uh, answering their question. Who are you? Why do you think that you have such authority to speak in the way that you do, to teach in the way that you do? John chapter 8, starting in verse 12, going through verse 19. If you don't have a Bible, which I would encourage you, bring your Bibles on Wednesday night. Because here's the thing. If you don't have a Bible in front of you, I could throw anything up there. You guys would just believe me, okay? Bring your Bible, right? If you don't have a Bible, we would love to get you one, okay? Just let me know. Come up to me afterwards. I'll get a Bible in your hands tonight. But it says this. It says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Remember, when we said Jesus says these I am statements, uh, in, the, in the Greek it's this, this ego eimi, I am. Or it's where we get the name of God from. We looked at that in the book of Exodus, that the name of God is I am. It's all-encompassing. And Jesus is making another I am statement. He's saying, I am the light of the world. And we'll get to why that's significant right after this. He says, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees challenged him. Here you are appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus answered, even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid, for I know where I came from and where I'm going. But you, I love this. I just love the way he says, you have no idea where I come from or where I'm going. You judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. But if I do judge, my decisions are true because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. In your own law, it is written that the testimony of two is true. I am one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who sent me. Then they asked him, where is your father? So here's the deal. When they ask that question, they're thinking, wait, like Joseph? We trapped him. He can't testify on Jesus' behalf. Bro's been dead for years. They don't understand what Jesus is talking about. You do not know me or my father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know my father also. So how do we know that 
that Jesus saying that he's the light of the world is actually a big deal. Because, I mean, for us, we're like, oh, okay, I'm the light of the world. Like, I'm a toaster oven, Jesus, right? I mean, it just, we could can, we can say anything here, right? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I bring warmth to the world. Right? I, like, what, do, what does this mean? And how do we know that it's a big deal? We know it's a big deal because these guys that he was talking to, these men would have understood the Old Testament and what it had to say about light particularly in the book of Isaiah. And the book of Isaiah is full of prophecy looking forward to Jesus. And I'm going to look at two particular uh, passages here in Isaiah where God is speaking about the one he's going to send. He's talking about Jesus in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah 42, 6 through 7 says this, I am the Lord, or excuse me, I the Lord have called you in righteousness or righteousness, being full of right. I will take hold of your hand. I will keep you and will make you to be a covenant for the people and a light to the Gentiles. Catch that. And a light to the Gentiles. Do you guys, anybody know what Gentiles are? Noel. Anybody who isn't a Jew. Now, this is a big deal. And we'll get to why later. To open the eyes that are blind, to free captives from prison to release from the dungeon those who sit in what darkness so once again light dark isaiah 49 verse 6 seven chapters later he says it is too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the tribes to jacob and bring back those of israel i have kept i will also make you a light for the gentiles that my salvation may reach to where? The ends of the earth, not just the people of Israel. Jesus has been God's plan for rescuing the world from darkness from the beginning, for bringing salvation to the world from the beginning. And here's the thing that we find in the book of Isaiah. Something awesome is that God is already declaring before Jesus even comes on the scene that this won't be just for the Jews. Jesus is God's promised one from the book of Isaiah. See, Jesus is claiming to the Jewish leadership that he's God's light that's promised in Isaiah. This is a big deal. This would not have sat well with these people. And this is why he can stand as his own witness. He doesn't need another witness. Because who's the only person that doesn't need somebody to corroborate or back up their story? Who's the only person that would ever not need someone to back up what they say? God. Why? No one, right? Who's going who's gonna, to like back up God? what God has to say? He doesn't need anyone to back up what he says. He's God. He's the only one who's never been on the wrong side of truth. Jesus doesn't need anyone to be his witness to say, hey, this is why I have this authority. This is who I am. He can just say it. However, they don't recognize that. So he says, you know what? I do have another witness. It's me and the father. I'm God, but the father is also God. We're, we back up each other. He can prove to you. And they go, where's your father? And here's the sad part. These are the Jewish leaders, the, the people who are the religious leaders of Jesus' day. 
And guess what? They don't even know the Father is what Jesus says. You don't know God. And he says this, if you know me, you would know my Father also. We'll get to that too. In John 1, right? We're going back to the beginning of John. John 1, verses 4 through 5. In him was life. In him who's him? Jesus. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There's some amazing things you need to understand. Darkness stands for something in Scripture. Darkness stands for sin, for things that are fallen, for things that are not a part of God. And what we're promised here, what we're, what we're shown through, through who Jesus is, is that darkness never overcomes Jesus. You guys, that should be a cause for celebration. Let me, let me say it again, because I want you guys to really understand that this is, this is crucial in understanding. The sin, the crud, the junk that happens in your life, the, the stupid stuff that you do, that I do, that gets us in trouble, the, the things that we do that we regret. I want you to understand, Jesus is not overcome by that. Let me say it again, because you guys don't seem to be awake. Jesus is not overcome by your sin. Anybody? Nobody? Really? Leaders, help me out. Thank you. Okay. Guys, because I hear from students all the time, you don't know, you don't know, Curtis, what, what I've done. God won't want me. He won't love me. Here's the problem. That tells me there's an inconsistent understanding of who Jesus is. Your sin, the things you've done, the things that have been done to you, they are no match for him. Because where his light is, darkness cannot be. Darkness cannot overcome light. Sin cannot overcome Jesus. He's the winner. Not a winner. He's the winner. He defeats sin at the cross. So if you've chosen to be on Jesus' team, if you've chosen to make Jesus your Lord and Savior, if you've said, you know what, Jesus... I know that I've messed up and I understand what you've done for me at the cross, that you took on my sin, you took on my shame, that you killed it, it died with you at the cross and I want to be on your team. I want you to be the boss of my life. If you've said that, you are a guaranteed win. There's no other place in life where you can guarantee a win. It is absolutely guaranteed that you are on the winning team. What darkness are you guys desperately trying to hide from? Every one of you's got it. I've got it. There are things that we think we can hide from him. And here's the amazing thing that we saw earlier with my, my really fancy Cree bulb flashlight. I won't shine at your guys' eyes again. This is a super bright flashlight, okay? I was using this at camp. It goes way up into the air, okay? What does light do to things that are hidden in the darkness? It lights them up. It exposes them. I heard that. It exposes things that are in the darkness. Okay, there's a reason that sin is described as darkness. You guys, when you're walking to your car, 
maybe with your with your parents or something like in the in the middle of the day like you're walking through a parking structure there's there's no nervousness it's daytime right there's something subconscious in us that says bad stuff doesn't happen in the daylight you're walking to that same car at 12 p.m. when the movie got out and yours was the last movie and there weren't very many people in your movie theater and you're walking out with your mom or your dad and you're walking to the car and it's a big empty lot, there's, there's this thing in your head that says, I'm on alert. Even though you know nothing's probably going to happen or maybe you guys do this. Uh, let, me, let me just get real with you guys, right? Because this is, this is for real. Adults in here, be honest, you still do this sometimes, right? You, you know when your light switch is like really far from your bed? Right? Right? And a couple of people are like, oh man, I know where you're going. Right? Here's the thing. You are 11, 12, 13, 14, some of you 40s, 50s years old. Right? Here's, the, what, here's what you're going to do. You're going to shut that light off and run and jump to your bed from as far as you can because you don't want that hand that you know isn't actually there to reach out and grab you and rip you out of the bed. Why? But why? If we know if we know that that's not true, come back. If we know that that's not true, what is it about us? I think it's because we understand. We really understand that there's something about dark that is unsettling. And that's why it's a perfect picture for sin. And we try to hide things in our lives, things that we're doing, things that maybe have been done to us, the darkness that's going on, we try to hide it. And Jesus the whole time is shining a light on it going, give it to me. Stop trying to hide it. All my light does is expose it. And here's the thing that I love about Jesus is the most loving thing he could do is not let you hide in your darkness. Sometimes we get really comfortable in our darkness. We really start to like it. Maybe for some of you, you like your darkness because it's the only time you ever feel like you feel something. <coughs> the most unloving thing that a loving God could do for you is allow you to think that your darkness and who you are currently is all you are and all that you're worthy of. But Jesus' light exposes the dark places in our lives. Here's the awesome thing. This, the, there's this verse at the beginning of this passage. And, and I say it's tucked away because I think we just kind of gloss over it. We go, I am the light of the world. And then we're like, that's awesome. And we just move on. But there's a follow-up to that statement. In verse 12, it says this. It says that whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. Think about that. If you are following Jesus with your life, if Jesus has been made the boss of your life, if he's navigating the steps, if he's the one who's leading, it says in his word, whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. 
darkness. You, you guys might be sitting here going, Curtis, like, have you been to my school? I would submit that you have not. So you don't understand. I mean, I understand what you're saying. I'm with Jesus, but the, the darkness seems to surround me all the time. You don't know what it's like being in my family. I'm the only one who believes. Darkness surrounds me all the time. You understand what's going on in my house, in my family, what I'm, what I'm going through. Darkness surrounds me. And here's the thing. Jesus doesn't say you won't be surrounded by it. You will be surrounded by it because we live in a fallen, sinful world. But Jesus is promising himself to his followers that he will never leave us alone in the darkness. It's the most comforting thing you could have if you're scared in the dark. Some kind of light. And Jesus promises that that light for his followers never goes out. Think about, I want you guys, if you're, if you're somebody who says, like, I'm a Christian, and I'm sitting here in the cellar tonight, I'm following Jesus, I want you to think about that. Do you live in such a way that says, you know what, he's always with me, I'm confident in that. Jesus is always with you. You always have the light which exposes darkness. So which brings me to my next point, guys, is what good is this in a bright room? It does nothing for you in a bright room, right? You don't walk into a room with all the lights on and go, oh, man, where is that thing? Right? People would be looking at you like, you're an idiot. What is wrong with you? Right? If I walked in here and all the lights are on and I'm going, hey, guys, can you help me find? I've lost a pen in here. But all the lights are on. You guys would be like, is he, is he doing humor? Like, what's, what is wrong with him, right? And here's the thing. Some of you, okay, I'm talking to those of you who are, we're going to switch total gears. Like, some, some of this has been for those of you who aren't Christians, who, who you know what, you, if you were honest and you looked at yourself and said, I've never made a commitment to Jesus. And I've tried to give you a little bit of encouragement. Like, this is what Jesus says he offers to you. But some of you in here are Christians, and here's what I hear from you guys sometimes. And I'm like, I, I, I'll talk to you guys, or I'll hear from your small group leaders, and I say, hey, who, who are your kids praying for? Or I'll ask some of you, like, who are you praying for? Who in your life are you going to bring to black ops that doesn't know Jesus? And what I'll hear is things like, I don't know anybody who doesn't know Jesus. All my friends go to church. I mean, I don't have any friends at school. I come here, and I, I have friends. And that's, that's good for you, but guys, check this out. I want you to do me a favor and do yourselves a favor because I think that Jesus is not okay with that. Find some darkness. You don't have to look far. Jesus was not meant to be hidden away. But when, when we read in Isaiah that Jesus, this light is coming and he's going to be for the Gentiles also, do you know why that had to be a promise? Because the Jews didn't do with Jesus what, or with God what they ought to. They were meant to be a light so that others could see God through them. And they weren't doing it. The Jews kept God to themselves and came to be a light to the Gentiles so he came to be a light to the Gentiles and the Jews. 
And maybe you guys are in that camp where I was talking about, I don't have any friends or I don't know anybody outside of church. That's awesome. You guys have found the only loophole that Jesus gave for not carrying Jesus's light to the world. Good job. No, that's seriously not it, okay? But, wait, hold on, I can't be right. No, wait, hold on. No, I think I might be reading God's word wrong, right? I don't think actually Jesus gave us exceptions. Like, oh, you, please be my ambassadors. Please go and, and show people my love. Oh, I mean, unless you don't know any people who aren't Christians, that, then you don't have to. I, Jesus doesn't say that anywhere in here. Guys, my... My suggestion to you is go meet some of your neighbors. Make some friends. Talk to people you interact with at, at businesses when you go shopping with your parents. You're on sports teams. You're in dance classes, theater groups, whatever it is you do. Matthew 5, 14 through 15. You are the light of the world. He's talking to his followers because remember he said in verse 12, Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. That means wherever they go, the light's with them. He says, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. That's what light, light does, right? In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Jesus is inviting us to be a part of what he's doing. Someone else, if you are a Christian and you're sitting in here right now, someone else was Jesus's light to you. And that is why you have a relationship with Jesus now. And I would go so far as to say, how dare we keep it to ourselves? guys, if Jesus is the light of the world as he claims, and the world is closed in by the darkness of sin, then the most unloving, the most unchristlike thing we can do is to hide his light away. The most unloving, unchristlike thing we can do is to hide his love away as the world fades around us in darkness. The thing I want you to think about as we do this last song and maybe it's something small group leaders you want to grab a couple of your kids tonight and just say hey who is it who will you share his light with 